0: From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, Episode 8 for August 25th, 2016. Thanks for tuning in. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator, Mark Johnson. Today, the Freaks welcome guest Dominique Viella, Chief Marketing Officer for MetLoop Precision Weather Technologies. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter, Phil Johnson.
1: All right, welcome to Stormfront Freaks podcast, episode eight, and the self-proclaimed most entertaining weather podcast on your listening device. Mm. Um We've had other people say that. So I don't know if it's so. a
2: lot of people, Phil. There, there's That's been a lot true. of people weighing on that. That's the Definitely. talk.
1: That yeah. is the talk. The um, talk. Uh, and, and honestly, we've had some crazy growth just in the last two weeks. So I want to, you know, shout out and thanks to all of our listeners and, and our new ones that we have, because we have a lot of new listeners as well. And we just, we hope you really are enjoying this as much as we do. Because as you know, if you've listened, we're, we have a good time, we have a lot of fun. Um, and we really try to be something different than a lot of the other weather podcasts that are out there. And there's a lot of good ones, but each one's a little different, and, and we're not necessarily trying to be like them. You know, I always tell the guys, it's a, when we sit around and we talk, we're sitting around a poker table, you know, drinking, having a good time. And, and I just heard recently a big, a big weather podcast, they were talking about their digital mahogany table. And I'm like, that, that's fine. <laughs> it's a bunch of, of big-time, thinking you're big-time <laughs> meteorologists sitting at your mahogany table. That's fine. But for, for average weather fans, I think they want to listen to guys and gals sitting around the poker table uh, talking weather and having fun. And, and I've heard, you know, I just recently, I, I listened to a lot of these weather podcasts, and they're good. But, again, it's just who's, who's your market. Um, it, not going to be a podcast where we come on and and i'm asking brady what the weather's like up in columbus or asking mj what the weather's like up in minnesota we're not going to waste your time telling you what the weather's like where we live okay because you can look that up uh we're in the digital age today i think everybody's bright enough to do that so we're always going to have fun that's the point um also if you're a photographer or a phone hack like me Okay, either one works. Mm. Uh, you gotta listen to the special that we did last week. We titled it "Aim for the Sky," uh, but we had some outstanding photographers on there: Michael Binsky, yes. uh, Brian Miner, and Jeremy Bauer. And Brian Miner, guys, I just saw on Twitter today. He's uh, his hashtag is B D M Photo. So uh, B D M Photo. He last night, he just did this in Kansas last night. He got a photo, a lightning shot of lightning hitting the wind turbine blade. Oh my god. It is oh, wow. an unbelievable cool. shot. You got to check that out cuz it is it's beautiful cuz wow. it, it, where it touches the blade, it's like this star. Uh, it, it is amazing. But anyway, check that out. Those three guys were on talking about photo tips whether you're using an your iPhone or whether you're using a nice DSLR camera, uh, they had all kinds of great photo tips on shooting storms and lightning and everything else and stories. Uh, but you got to listen to that. Honestly, the audio kind of sucked a little bit. Um, uh, we didn't realize till after the fact that there were some clicks and, and crap. But anyway, you, you can still, it's still, you can, everyone's audible. So that's fine, but uh, there's some great ideas. Just check that out. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to our show. It it just helps you get the latest uh, get the latest downloads to the phone to your phone right away as they become available. So just uh, make sure you subscribe. And if you haven't really, if you have an iPhone, I keep preaching this, but man, I'm loving this Remarks social podcasting app. They only have it for iPhones, but if you have an iPhone, go to the App Store and look up Remarks R E M A R K S Remarks. social podcasting. It's this cool app. And I just love it. Cause I think if I'm listening to the uh, podcast, this is what I want to do. I don't want to sit down at my computer and, and watch a video of it, but man, if I could listen to the podcast and while I'm listening, it pops up little comments. Uh, what I do is I go on there and I'm, I'm leaving behind the scenes comments and all the links that we talk about that you can't visually see when you're listening to us. I put all those links right there. So you can just tap on them and see the videos. We're talking about and the articles we're talking about.
2: All of Phil's uh, amazing hand gestures are on there as well, so we're working on putting that in there as well. In that a little see. bit. Oh, oh they, yeah, it's fantastic.
1: I just think it's a cool thing, and the funny thing is is apparently nobody else does because I don't see that anybody else is making any comments <laughs> about it. So I, I, I'm at the point to where I have to decide putting in the time into. Uh, doing that is it worth it for everybody? Because if no one's listening or, or looking at it or using it, it's not worth it. I just think it's a cool thing, uh, which is why if if you just give it a shot, take a look at it. I think you will too. So uh, this episode, we got uh, Dominic Viela is going to be on. Uh, he's he's our guest from uh, Metloop Precision Weather Technologies. We're also going to be talking about lightning deaths and warning measures. You know, talking a little bit. Are, are we doing enough um, to warn people about that? Uh, we also have our Storm School, our Weather Fools, and Weather Resources. But we're going to jump to our guest right away because uh, I know he's on a little bit of a time schedule uh, tonight. But our guest this evening, uh, Dominic Viella, he's the Chief Marketing Officer for MetLoop Precision Weather Technologies. Uh, they, they've got their own severe weather warning <laughs> system for individuals and businesses <laughs> as well. Uh, so, Dominic, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, having Dominic. Having. Dominic! Welcome. Mm-hmm. All right, so so here's what we need you. need you to do. Uh, first off, is give us a little bit of an idea. What what is MetLoop? What uh, what do you have? What's this warning software you have coming? Do uh, you have available?
3: So <clears throat> excuse me while I clear my throat here. Um, <laughs> MetLoop is is actually pretty cool. Uh, it's made up of a, of, of very entrepreneurial minded, successful folks who've had experience. Uh, in a lot of components that have been integrated into what MetLoop is today. Um, one of the things that MetLoop prides itself on is not just being a, a like necessarily a technology company, but also very people-based and very people-oriented. So uh, today we're, we have a heavy focus on the consumer. We have a heavy focus on what it is, how, how it is that people are changing and how they want to receive the information. Um I know we've got a lot of uh technical folks probably you know on on our committee and uh, on or on the what do you guys call it a panel today. Yeah. Um but I think the coolest Sounds thing about Metloop is you you've got real people with some uh awesome experience but bottom line is they they understand uh how how the business people are operating and how they need to receive the information in a way that's just changing. Um, and I think that that's the coolest thing. So yeah, we provide severe weather for, uh, alerts, uh, forecasts. Uh, we do a lot of work, uh, across, uh, with, uh, across the nation in terms of forensics, providing weather forensics. Um, Rocco Colacci, who's our chief meteorologist down in Florida. He, he takes the lead on that really phenomenal mind comes from, a, an air force background. Um, and he's, he, you know, that's, that's one of his, uh, uh, prizes to be able to use some of his experience to, to impact people's lives, right? Um, we we take in a lot of data, obviously. So the management of data is a is of big importance to us, especially when uh, we need to get, uh, pipe that data through to, to our weather center down in Florida. <clears throat> um, and and right now we're we've got a, a couple cool things happening. I mean, we're really focused on the consumer. Um, we're focused on learning about new type new pipelines of of business that are. Uh, interested in integrating uh, new technologies in, into their existing uh, platforms as well as small businesses who are trying to use that to uh, get a leg up on the competition. So tell, just tell me a little bit
1: then, uh, Dominic, the, the thing that I'm, I'm interested about and I think a lot of our listeners would be interested about is your, your warning technology um, your, that you've got available. Uh, I just I looked at it a little bit on the web, but can you kind of tell us what exactly that is that a user or a business is able to get access to?
3: Yeah, so one of the biggest things, like like you guys were talking about, is is uh, you know we we've discussed the National Weather Service or some of the alert systems. You know, like I've got an iPhone uh, 6s Plus, I've got the the, and you know if I'm I'm down in Tucson, Arizona, right now we have a pretty crazy monsoon season. If I, if I get a monsoon in my house, it's not too bad. I mean, I'm, I'm in a nice uh, uh, leveled sort of, I mean, there, it's, it's nice. There's a good drainage and uh, not, not too much would impact uh, my life in terms of a monsoon uh, outside of lightning or, or, uh, or uh, you know, any power outages and stuff like that. But um, closer into town, the, the drainage is actually older. Um, we, we we've had insane amounts of flooding downtown Tucson and around the university of Arizona. Um, this is just a a local example of where, um, getting that information, uh, excuse me here. You guys still there? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, getting that information, um, to, to the consumer and letting them prepare or, or, uh, navigate their day uh, as quickly as possible. Make decisions whether it is you know to go out or to stay in. What route to take? Uh, what what's the best way to use the information that that's not just necessarily disaster related or severe weather related, but um, getting the getting the warnings and in, in, in as closely and as, as in advance as possible. Um, the 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 claim to fame with Metloop is that we can give you resolution down to the rooftop level we've spoken with universities that are limited by some of their data crunching they've got these huge servers uh they're they're putting together models down to you know two kilometers Uh, i just spoke with uh, dr betterton at the university of arizona physics and atmospherics he's the head and he was just talking about how so many of the universities are challenged by this data crunching problem um the the computing software and hardware needed for them to be able to provide that type of resolution is, is enormous and so MetLoop has has that capability. We can provide that resolution so the person can actually say, hey, you know what? This storm is going to affect my house, or the exact route I'm going to take is crossing through this polygon alert. Um, ultimately, we've got a system you can sign up for, uh, MetLoop uh, Severe Weather Alerts. It is available at metloop.com. Uh, pretty simple sign-up process. Uh, go in, put in your your email, your name, a little bit of your information so our customer service can can keep an eye out for you. Um, we have a very it's a very nice customer service in terms of you know we can we can adjust addresses for you the address that you actually want to monitor. We are providing uh, up to two mobile phones uh, alerts going to up to two mobile phones, maybe uh, the mom and dad of a household, and one address. It could just be also two business owners who are monitoring. Uh, a particular uh a, or an area that they're interested in. So that, that's been that's been really great. There's been a lot of a lot of case studies that have come in where, you know, whether you're a roofer or you're you're somebody who is setting up travel plans, uh, there's been there's been ad, advanced warnings, you know, up to you know 30, 60 minutes in advance at times. So that in advance of of the National Weather Service. So that that's been really great to to see. I mean, I, I'm constantly getting, uh, emails from, from our, from our team down in Florida. Um, and they're able to, you know, see these, see the, the, the effects beyond just the, the what would normally be, uh, predicted or alerted on, um, through, through the systems that we have. So,
2: so Dominic, I have a question. So if, if you're, so it sounds like from listening, um, that your app is, and your software is primarily focused on, um, like the consumer market. Um, do you guys have a focus also on like companies and businesses and, and giving kind of, um, just the, you know, else than the average Joe, you know, like a a bigger company, do you also focus on giving them warnings as well?
3: Yeah, totally. So, and, and that's, and that's exactly it. Um, we see that we're, we're not talking just, just like your roofer obviously wants to be out on the scene as soon as possible. Right. But, um, had you know it actually affected our ceo our ceo put out a uh he he was actually on travel he knew of a of a storm that was actually affecting his house he was actually alerted through his own company and he was able to reach out <laughs> to uh to, to some folks hey get down to my house throw some tarps down he had some fo uh some uh what do you call it some uh some people in the neighborhood he said hey can you go in this is where the key to my car is this. at yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it was, i think it was a house house, clean, a house cleaner though that went and, and moved the car out of out of the way of uh, a hailstorm that was about to strike. Um, and sure enough, you know, it busted out all his skylights. It uh, destroyed most of the cars in the neighborhood. And, you know, this is in the Texas area. And so it was really cool to, he, he, even he has benefited directly. Um, I want to, I opened up my email just now just to share a, a really a, a cool email from uh, Courtney Bird on our team. If, uh, if I can, it's a really cool thing that, uh, I saw this last couple of weeks. There was an alert polygon for Little Rock, Arkansas at 3:37 uh, Central Time that would that was valid for about 50 minutes from, uh, and the end, the National Weather Service posted the severe thunderstorm warning at, at about 4:26. Um, we had actually beat out the National Weather Service by 49 minutes, um, and oh, wow. you know I'm looking at yeah so it. it I mean, for me, who's not a meteorologist, I'm not trained in physics and atmospherics. My background is actually engineering. Um, it's it's great to see these stories get sent over to me. And, uh, you know, this is like weekly. So, what, again, what you know, warning, I, what was the
1: warning that you guys issued? I mean, what what are the kind of warnings, I guess, that, that you're
3: issuing? Just your typical severe yeah, thunderstorm so, so, and
1: tornado or,
3: or. Yeah, so we do severe weather. Um, also, you know, we're talking about. uh 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 heavy heavy rain heavy winds which is actually really really uh I don't want to say popular but uh heavy winds and heavy rain happens a lot more often than you know a tornado for example um so that tells you a little bit about about the market uh in this particular case with that little rock arkansas warning um we had issued uh, a bulletin uh for that uh severe thunderstorm let me see here and they had provided that uh, sort of a uh, an, an aerial uh, satellite clip, and we had actually drawn out the polygon that would be most affected. So not only are you getting it in advance, uh, but we are predicting it uh, down to the rooftop level. So I can zoom in and say, "Hey, you know what is this?" So so what? So the alert. Let me tell you about the alert it's coming. I don't know if it's going to hit my house. I get it 30 minutes in advance from Metloop. Metloop sends me a text message. I click on the link. I can actually see a little, uh, a little, uh, uh, G- a little GPS data brought in with the polygon drawn. Um, and the polygon drawn uh, is not just you know this superficial like image. I can actually zoom in down down to the rooftop, find my home, and see whether or not those that weather phenomenon is going to be affecting me and my family. So. When you're talking so, about a business, we you think, you think about a roofer, right? He's excited to get out there and fix roofs. Insurance, uh, uh, the insurance a- uh, industry is anxious to see how they can prepare or reduce risk uh, and even be uh, a little bit more aware of things that they would actually insure, whether or not it was the weather that caused a particular uh, scenario to happen. Like, you know, if you... If, if you uh, decide to beat your Ferrari with a baseball bat one day, cause you were mad. You didn't make, Oh sales. no,
2: no, not a Ferrari. <laughs> Come on. I
3: mean, that'd, that'd be it. And, and next thing you know, the guy, you know, you can just imagine this guy with his red Ferrari and he calls up and he's like, you know what? Uh, I was, I was, uh, hail came through golf ball size. Hail destroyed my car. Um, so that type of right. information is important to the insurance agencies. Um, We've got car dealerships. Obviously, car dealerships are, are impacted. Their, their inventory is destroyed, uh, especially with hail. I'm, I'm singling out hail right now. Uh, tornadoes. Uh, tornadoes have a have a slew of. Here, listen to my technical jargon here. A slew, uh, a grip of junk that flies through the air that goes beyond a jumble, the. A jumble. Uh, a
2: <laughs>
0: The hole.
3: What's the hole called? The, what's the hole called?
2: the whole,
3: the whole, the, the, the eye what's the center of the, the eye what's oh, it called the, the, yeah. well the
2: tornado that that the, the eye of a hurricane but the center of a tornado the tornado is, doesn't have an eye
3: ah no. all right the the, the intestinal torque intestinal portion
1: if you want the chitlin
2: in theory it should but it in reality it doesn't i mean it's just the area the center is just the area of lowest pressure Hey, but, but the winds are, are so twister. fast I,
1: I saw Wasn't hey, tw- there was like this big silent you know yeah i saw that yeah. yeah
2: no not
1: no real. no, that's not real
2: but anyway Dominic so phil uh phil gave us um he'll, i'm sure we'll probably post this article from the washington post on the um the website um but you know i was um you i was an intern at AccuWeather and we also um issued alerts um you know severe weather alerts for it's not really for the general public it was more for um, just kind of private clients. Um, but I think, you know, the the article brought up a decent point. If we have and um, not saying anything, you know, negative, because absolutely there were times where AccuWeather would issue warnings. And yeah, I'm sure you guys have great stories of you issue warnings where the natural Weather service misses it. Um, but if, if say, for example, there's three different types of warnings that all kind of say different things from these three different sources, you know, how does someone from the public kind of, you know, differentiate that. You know, I think that, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if, you know, one yeah, meteorologist yeah, yeah. is seeing this, what if another meteorologist is, is seeing that? I think, you know, that's, that's a decent question as well.
3: Yeah. I think, I think, you know, it's from, from, from my perspective, you know, and, and my focus is really on people, right. Really? How, how do we communicate to people? Yeah. So I think that's a great, great question for me. Um, I was actually freaked out. You guys were gonna ask me some really intense, uh, weather, you know, atmosphere.
2: (laughs) Oh, we've been practicing them all right. All right. That's not what we're
3: about. That was at the end of the call, right?
2: Oh yeah, just wait, we got them coming.
3: So, yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously if if you're a consumer or a business owner, you're gonna be taking in as much information as possible. If the weather directly affects your trade, let's say as a a roofer or a contractor, it completely makes sense uh, that you're gonna be keeping an eye out uh, you know, through multiple sources, um, yeah. you know, you uh, consumers are like that. They, you know, they might check one, uh, you know, they might check uh, one dating site before they check Tinder before they check, uh, uh, yeah. you know, their email from E-Harmony. a couple of friends they met at the bar. Yeah, eHarmony. You know, they're going to multiple sources. That's that's a known fact. The well, the I'm difference, I, I think, well, the cool thing with with MetLoop is that. Uh MetLoop's service is so simple um right now we are actually going to provide an app uh this year uh for the public but right now the 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 service is really simplified down to uh, it's really a text message alert that alert gives you more uh detailed weather information and the weather information is not designed to barrage or weigh down the consumer it's really designed to uh I mean, we've, we're talking about a shape over a map. Does the shape overlap where you're in the region you're interested in? If yes, yeah. then it will be affected in some way. And so, um, you know, this has always been a problem with, with a, when you have a technical product and you're trying to convey information to a non-technical audience. There's, there's granted, there's like you guys, right? There's weather people out there who like, they just, their whole life, is just, they love this. They love weather. My grandma, she's, she likes boxing, but she loves weather too she sits at home Shut and she just watches it. <laughs> uh but she watches it right and she's interested in, in taking in the information um it, it's it obviously it's it's a popular media uh, it in terms of the media it's a popular industry um but making sure that that information is simplified uh and making sure that information is uh quickly grasped or be, can be interpreted quickly is just as important as providing extensive uh, data and uh, detail about the actual phenomenon that, that we're, that we're alerting about.
1: Right. So So here's, here's the golden question, Dominic, Um, the national weather service, I already get, I already get warnings uh, from them when it's going to be affecting the portion of the County that I live in. Um, Why? And that's free. Why am I going to pay a company to, do basically the same thing.
3: So the National Weather Service is—it's in their charter actually not to release alerts that are beyond regional. So let's say I live out—you uh, know—I mean, let's even if I'm in a metropolitan area, there may be no reason for them to issue an alert if if the the phenomenon is not large enough or high enough impact. We can al- issue alerts that. Are a little bit more sensitive to uh, sensitive to the to the residents of that na- of that area. Uh, the other thing too is the resolution. Again, it, if if I'm interested in understanding the size, of, for, so uh, the resolution of a particular alert, meaning how wide or how what what kind of uh, uh, if you want to call it a polygon, or if I were to put a shape, let's say over the, over a map, I'm going to get a lot finer alerts. From MetLoop than I'm going to get from the National Weather Service because that's not really their business. They're really looking at a regional from a regional perspective, and that's really where the market's at. Is they the specificity and the simplicity of of, tra- or of communicating that information?
1: So, so just one one other thing is from a warning standpoint or the alerts as you call them, are you guys doing more than just uh, flash flood, tornado? Uh, Thunder severe thunderstorm alerts.
3: Are they more? Specific? Yeah, we're doing so. We've got yeah, hail, uh, thunderstorms is obviously you know severe heavy winds, heavy rain, uh, the the size of hail. We're still providing a little information there. Um, we obviously give you some GPS data, some you know some mapping uh, features. But um, the other thing we're also uh, providing in terms of the alerting is is that is that feedback loop right from the actual spotters. That actually live in those areas and and that's sort of uh, I think some of the things that uh, Metloop has taken on and is investing in developing it's really about being able to make me the consumer on the street who knows nothing about meteorology uh, someone who can translate that information out out to my friends my loved ones uh, you know that I'm connected to uh, across the internet, across the social media networks, um, and be able to communicate some of those alerts in the most effective way possible. You know, it might be it might be my uh, my folks back in the Midwest who live there and have a home and you know live sort of in a in a farm ranch area, uh, you know, region. So you know, for me to be able to have that information communicated back, I think it's more about more than just the alerts. It's more than just the meteorology meteorological data and uh, and and a lot about communicating that uh, laterally across through, through my network
2: yeah dominic i definitely think uh i definitely think there. you know the more the more not necessarily the more warning services we have the better but but you know the national weather service isn't perfect you know neither is the spc and, and they miss stuff you know i remember yesterday uh you know there was a tornado outbreak in indiana and ohio that You know, they didn't even have a, you know, a tour, you know, a tornado area on the SPC a day out, you know, they miss stuff. So I definitely, um, I like the idea of having other warning, um, you know, outlets like AccuWeather or like uh, MetLoop that can watch for some of these, um, you know, smaller scale events that maybe the National Weather Service may miss. But I I do, I do think,
1: yeah. Well, I was going to say, you just mentioned that tornado outbreak uh, yesterday in Indiana and Ohio, I'd love to see what Met, how quickly MetLoop had warnings out there and how that related. Uh, it'd be interesting comparison. Yeah, can you whip that up for us, Dominic?
3: Yeah, I'm I've, I've sitting in a car with my mobile phone. I I wish I could, um, <laughs> but I think I think uh, it'd be great to you know to provide you guys just a little case study, and maybe maybe that's something we can just put on a, on a little on a little PDF that you, that the folks can, uh, the users can, or the, the viewers, viewers, no listeners, listeners that, that you guys who are listening can download.
2: Yeah. I think that, was, that Yeah. Was Cause cool. I mean, it was the, the second most active day in 2016. And I, I don't even remember thinking that day and I, I'm usually pretty in touch with the weather. I don't even remember thinking that there was going to be any tornadoes anywhere. And here we had, you know, upwards of 42 plus tornadoes with an EF three and, and, you know, which in this area of the country, you know, at this time of year, it, it it was just, it was crazy, you know? So, so I definitely think there's value in that. I also think it's, it's crucial that the, you know, these companies and, and with the national Wellness service that they, they see each other as competitors, but not in a way of, Hey, if they didn't issue this warning, so we got to issue this warning to beat them to it because I think, I think it could be very easy to get caught up in, you know, in this competition and forget about the end user. And that, and that these, you know, these are people's lives. And, and if, if people don't trust the warnings that they're given, then, then they're not, then they're not going to take action and, and they're not going to um, yeah. necessarily <laughs> heed the warning, you know, like a lot of what we've seen with tornado warnings, how people aren't, you know, taking them
3: as seriously. Yeah. what If, what, if you guys have ever, uh, and I, I don't know that you guys have met our CEO, but Dave Carlson, He's a pretty awesome guy. Very, just very friendly, very outgoing. Um, That's, that's something that he actually concerns himself with. So when he actually uh, has, has gone the length of of providing the alerts to, you know, some smaller municipalities, schools, and, and even uh, you know, fire chiefs who are out there uh, and and they're, they're interested in this type of information um, you know, and and they have people that are affected in, in far more drastic ways. So it's not just, it, it is part of, you know, the consumer model is important. The B2B relationships that we've got are great. Um, emergency management has taken a strong uh, hold on us and is, is interested uh, across the board in, in, in various integrations. Um, you know, I, I think the more the better. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but I also think that um, it, it's about being vigilant. Um, you know, the, the, the difference, Companies that get involved have to take a personal interest in making sure that they're communicating as much alert as possible because, you know, people are—I mean, people are truly affected. You look at Louisiana and the the disaster there. Um, you know, there, we we don't know the extent of you know the the warnings that they they had or some of the people had. Um, there there are some some articles coming out. If you go online, I think there's a million publications right now, you know, they are being posted about sort of the, the case study there, right? But the, the interesting thing is that throughout this entire, throughout any disaster, the first responders are also trying to navigate the waters, if you will. They're trying to navigate their way, their resources to the location, and, and, and making sure they're taking the right route, making sure they're going to, you know, they're staying on the edge of the affected area, um, you know, all it's not just the alert, but it's the area, the it helps with planning, uh resource planning, uh implementing new uh emergency management uh uh systems that are coming out. Um so it it's really great. It's it's great to see that the people are interested in the people. It's truly a humanistic the connection. Yeah. All about the it, people,
1: baby. All about the people. Oh, uh. <laughs>
3: yep. Yep. So I, I really enjoy that from my perspective, you know? Cool.
1: Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, Dominic, uh, appreciate it before we, we got to get to our lightning round here and, and let you go. But if people would like to get a hold of you or ask you any questions, what,
3: what's the best way people can reach you? Uh, they can reach me at, let me see. So my, my email is probably a little complicated, but you can reach me at marketing at dot com. Okay. And, and then as far as and, like finding out and, the, and that goes, that okay. goes, that goes right to me. You can, you can also, uh, if you want, you can have my first name and last name at metloop.com. Uh, and you, you probably have that up on your site, I believe. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, put it up there. That's fine. Cool. Yeah. You can, and then just for ease, I actually made marketing at metloop.com. So people could just shoot me a line real quick. But Yeah. If you have any questions, we can pass them along to meteorologists, the meteorology team out in Florida or our management team, uh, in Texas. We've got uh, several of our executives are throughout the United States that are, uh, you know, often traveling around, visiting companies. And so um, how we're, how we're all about answer, not, answering.
1: How can people find out more about um, Met, Met Loop and, and your product? Hey, your
3: so product. so we've, we've got a cool site that's really focused on the consumer. I would love if you guys would sign up and try it out. Uh, the other thing I'd be interested in is if you guys could come and follow us on Facebook. On Facebook, we have access to our newsletter, uh, which comes out every morning. Uh, Rocco Kalashi writes that out. Um, all of our all of our team is operational forecasters who have had uh, NEXRAD training uh, in the Air Force. That's sort of a, a one of the beauties of our staff. So you guys can uh, get some insight there. They're, they've actually uh, been part of a lot of overseas operations, and uh, and I don't want to describe the you know the types, but very uh, uh excellent military training and covert. so they're black ops covert, yeah. <laughs> black
2: ops yeah navy seals pretty. type navy seals types yeah navy On the
3: Drop from the sky yeah exactly um oh, so yeah. that's, that's actually really cool. so some of their posts are really awesome um and they're sharing daily you know we're also you know putting out new information news information and we're trying to share and and preach it as much as, as we're teaching it to. So and when, when check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash metloop. We're looking at uh, the end of third quarter, okay. uh, for our, our app release. It'll be available in the, uh, in for Android as well as iOS in both of the stores, Google play as well as, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, the app store. Cool. And, uh, you'll likely be able to get it from our website as well. Metloop.com. Awesome. Dominic,
2: wait, real quick, wait, are there wait, actually... Are, wait, hold on, hold on. Are there actually any uh, Met Loops? Do you guys actually have, like, any stone or Met Loop, like, uh, statues or anything in your, in your headquarters? What the hell? Never mind. Know, move we... on, move on, move on. That was <laughs> a lame attempt at a joke. Let's move on. Never I mind. I was thinking, know, like, it. the Olympic rings or something.
1: <laughs> oh, Never mind. What are you talking about?
2: All right. We're jumping on lightning round.
1: Cut Brady off. Uh, so this is our speed round of questions for our guest and and so tonight Dominic we are playing the uh kind of the Prices right high or low game I don't know if you ever watched the prices right before uh, I don't I don't even know if they still do this I'm from the old Bob Barker days but we're doing high or low yeah and, yeah
3: they, I've seen it let's do
1: it right so so price is right is they give okay here's this product and this is not the price so they give you a price and you got to pick is the real price higher or lower than that right so I'm going to give you some weather storm stats, and I'm going to give you an answer, but it's the wrong answer, and you have to pick if the real answer is higher or lower than that. Sound good? So you're going to give the wrong answer, or the right answer, I'm going to, or unanswer? I'm, I'm not going to give you the right why would I give you the right answer? <laughs> that's, that's not how you play. <laughs> it. To mix it right, up, Phil, right, go you got to mix it so, up. So here, so we'll test. So this is the so this first test. It, actually, we don't need this. We're just going to rip through. I only have eight of them. All right, so so here's the first one. Dominic, you ready? You are born ready. I can tell. Let's go. Go for it. All right, largest one-day tornado count in the U.S. since 1950. So in one day, this is the largest number of tornadoes recorded since 1950. Uh, the wrong answer is 36. Is the right answer higher or lower than 36 tornadoes recorded in one day? Higher. That is correct. Boom. Boom. 40 is actually Hurricane Katrina back in 2005 recording tornadoes in one day. All right, second one. Jeez. U.S. lightning deaths so far in 2016. The number is higher or lower than 27? Lower. That is incorrect. The number currently is 30. It's sitting at 30. Let's go, baby. Ah
3: three that
1: off,
3: off. Oh. ridiculous right. three
1: off. I didn't say it was gonna be easy. I just said we we're, were gonna have fun all right <laughs> should have a, I, should, I
3: should have a window of error allowed <laughs> all right, so the uh this, this is like a this is like a national weather alert uh you know you sort of have to generalize the region of the uh <laughs> the answer
1: no we're not that sophisticated that's that's for you guys you Loop can come up with their own high and low game. This is the Stormfront Freaks version. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so all right, next one, Atlantic Atlantic tropical cyclone names. So you know how the NOAA has names each year for tropical cyclones and hurricanes. Um, the number yeah. of uh, names used so far in 2016 is higher or lower than eight? Lower. That is correct. So it's seven. Well, the last one was Gaston. 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 Yeah, Gaston. yeah uh-huh. whatever it is. So Gaston. that was the last one. So yes. seven. So good job. You're two for three. All right. The minimum wind speed for an EF5 tornado classification is higher or lower than 175 miles per hour? Lower. That is incorrect. It's higher. It needs to be at least 201 oh. miles per oh. hour. Oh. Yeah. Accurate. Man.
2: What a right. question.
1: Te- so you're batting 500. Not bad. All right. Texas, highest. A- so, so Texas is known to have the highest average annual tornado count. Okay. They've got the highest average annual tornado count. And that's going to be higher or lower than 130 tornadoes a year. Higher. That is correct. It's 150. Um, Good job. Um, All right. Coldest U.S ever recorded in alaska and this was in 1947 is higher temperature or a lower temperature than minus 70 degrees fahrenheit uh lower it actually is lower 81 degrees fahrenheit is the coldest day recorded in the u.s
2: you probably need a jacket for that one phil probably need a jacket Mm.
1: Yeah, I suppose, at least. Yeah, maybe a parka, uh, like a zip over, you know, long sleeve one. The number of National Weather Service forecast offices here in the U.S. is higher or lower than 130? Higher. Incorrect. It's lower, 122 National Weather Service. Oh, that's just (laughs) me. That's it. That's the last one. Uh, the number of states, in the, United, the number of states here in the U.S. with Stormfront Freaks podcast downloads, is higher or lower than 35?
3: Higher. It's ding ding!
1: Yeah, wow! Selfless plug. Wow. Yes. Dominic, oh, great man. That was... man I, I appreciate you arranging right your schedule to join us this evening. We had fun, and, and I appreciate you coming on and teaching us some stuff.
3: Thank you. Thank you. I I'm happy to, happy to listen to you guys. I, I'll definitely spread the word about your, uh, your podcast. Uh, and I will get the, uh, I will share this as well through our channels and get that out to, uh, some of our media partners as well. Thank you for having me.
1: Cool. Well, we appreciate having you. Good luck with Sweet. the rest of the conference, Dominic.
2: Thanks Dominic. Thank you, thank you.
3: Thank you. Good night. Good night.
2: Yes.
1: All right. So we're, uh, we, we get Maz coming on and we're going to take a break. Um, But when we come back, uh, we'll go ahead and have our our panel discussion um, and uh, just kind of shoot crap here around the poker table. So uh, next up is uh, Brady Storm School.
2: This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover, the things you might have never heard before, or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hey, what's up guys? I'm Brady, and welcome to Storm School today. uh, We're going to be talking about some sea breeze thunderstorms, what exactly a sea breeze is, what it can cause, and how it can cause thunderstorms, especially down in Florida. I thought while we're on the topic of some hurricanes, especially last week, we'll talk about some other summer phenomenon, and that would be some sea breeze thunderstorms. Let's start off and take a look at what exactly is a sea breeze. So in the summer, um, especially along the coast in places like Florida, it can happen anywhere um, along the southeast coast, um, along in Georgia to Alabama, even up in the Great Lakes as well. Um, You basically need a a body of water next to um, a piece of land. What will happen is during the day, the sun will strike the land and the water alike. um, But the land will actually heat up faster because the land has a um, lower heat capacity. And all that means is um, the lower your heat capacity is, the less solar energy or, you know, from the sun it takes to heat something up. So if you think about a glass of water versus, you know, you put a piece of cheese in the microwave, you put a glass of water in there for a minute and it, it'll be probably pretty warm. You put a piece of cheese in the microwave for a minute and it'll, it'll be burnt to a crisp. You know, so that, that's pretty much, um, it, it sums up exactly what um, difference in heat capacity is. The, the cheese has a lower heat capacity just like land. So what that'll do is, is that means during the day in places along the coast, um, the land will get a lot warmer than the ocean water surrounding it. Um, and if, if you get a warmer air mass next to a cooler air mass, uh, high and low pressure will develop. The low will be centered on the warmer air mass because as those air particles heat up, they'll spread out more, which you know, they won't be as tight and compact in so facto lower pressure. I know that was a little fancy. But anyway, um, and then the high pressure will develop over the water. So then that'll cause an onshore flow that'll cause a wind from the ocean, the high pressure to the lower pressure on land. And that's called the sea breeze. Now, a sea breeze can cause thunderstorms when you have, you know, for instance, a place like Florida where you actually will have the sea breeze developing on either side of the coast. And that that sea breeze can actually travel very far inland, you know, depending on, what the steering flow, and that's just basically the wind in the upper levels of the atmosphere, is doing. Um, that sea breeze can travel into the interior parts of Florida. And then it, where it collides, that air has nowhere to go but up. And, and since it's very warm and very moist down in Florida, have plenty, you know, there's plenty of instability. That's why during the summer you get thunderstorms every day. Now these sea breeze, thunderstorms, can happen pretty much anywhere on the coast, but they're a lot more popular in Florida because you have two sea breezes. For example, in South Carolina and North Carolina during the summer, you only have one air mass rushing in, so it's got to collide with something else to cause air to actually um, you know, rise forward. So whenever you have a system pushing through, you'll get some thunderstorms along there. You can actually get some sort of uh, sea breeze, thunderstorms along the Great Lakes. It's it's more rare because the the heat and humidity up there usually aren't as great as they are in the south. Um, but then you can also get a land breeze, and a land breeze is just the reverse. Um, so when you have, usually get that at night, where the ocean will cool less than the land will, because the land doesn't retain heat as much as the heat capacity is lower. So at night, you can actually get a reverse flow, and the air will actually move toward the ocean off of the land, and you can actually get some thunderstorms over the ocean at night which makes for some pretty killer lightning photography. But anyway, guys, so that's what a sea breeze is. It can occur anywhere along the coast. Usually thunderstorms will occur in Florida. That's why you get some thunderstorms in Florida during the summer. And uh, now let's take a look at uh, back to the podcast.
1: All right, welcome back. Uh, We are... um... We're, we're kind of winging it a little bit here tonight. We're, we're changing up our, our discussion topic. We, we didn't take a whole lot of time, didn't have a whole lot of time to bring up one of the things that we wanted to bring up with, with Dominic, and, and that is um, in, in May, and I'm referencing a, an article in the Washington Post, uh, the article is, Congress is considering privatizing key roles of the weather service. That's a mistake. So that's this article's opinion on that. Um, But basically what happened is in May, uh, there's a representative, Jim Bridenstine from Oklahoma, introduced a a new piece of legislation, and really the legislation was on space, not really weather, but this is one of the things that was tucked into it. Uh, As it says, uh, Bridenstine's proposal would prohibit the National Weather Service, from creating any new services if it is something that the private weather industry already does or could potentially do. And the the fear of that is that they're going to take away warnings and forecasting away from the national weather service because uh, a lot of the private industries and companies already do that stuff. So that's kind of the question. Do we want, do we want the private industry to take over Warnings, weather warnings, and forecasting, and just leave the National Weather Service to collecting the data and providing the data uh, for the companies to interpret.
2: Well, Phil, I think um, I think it, it's it's a pretty complicated problem because obviously, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, exactly, thing,
2: it, yeah, it's, it, it's a little, it's pretty complicated, but because of the fact that. Um, You know, like I said before in the podcast, you know, the National Weather Service, they're people, you know, they're human, so they're going to miss stuff. Um, So, it's you know, it's usually good to have more minds on one topic. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, based on all these different companies could have different criteria. They could have, um, you know, like with MetLoop, they had, you know, stuff for heavy rain, whereas the National Weather Service didn't. Um, So I think it all comes down to how is the consumer going to interpret these warnings and, and is it going to confuse more people than not? And I, and I think, you know, you guys can weigh in on that. Is, is I mean, you as just, just an average person, think about, is this going to confuse me or is this going to help me, you know, get more accurate warnings?
0: I, I, I think, Brady, I think you're right that, there's, that the confusion factor um, bothers me a little bit about it. But I, I'm, I'm going to come back around and say, what's the motivation? Okay, yeah. the National Weather Service is motivated by public safety, uh, essentially, and I'm sorry, but companies are motivated by profit, uh, and so yeah. how does that affect what's happening as well? And that that worries me a little bit, um, just just to be honest.
4: Mark Senator is on line one for you right now. Just want to let you know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well to
1: me you know to you know the confusion is obviously if if let's say the, the private sector takes that on, if I'm a consumer I, i'm I'm going to go to one source i mean I, I'm not going to multiple sources to get my weather warnings um, I, I'm still only going to to one source to get that, so I don't know how that would be how, how do you deem that confusing well,
2: so so for like example, take like a severe thunderstorm coming in, one company. Um, you know, their limits are maybe 55 miles an hour wind gusting, um, with, you know, a certain size hail, but then the next company, their wind speeds are 70 miles an hour because maybe they're, um, you know, trying to warn less or they just have different criteria and their hails a little larger, you know, how is one person going to say, you know, people aren't going to know what a severe thunderstorm is anymore. And, and. You know well, what I'm why, saying? Why do I care? Right.
1: I mean, why do I care if the if the company that I'm going to for my warnings says this and and whatever? That that's where I'm getting my warnings. I'm not going, oh, I'm confused because I'm getting warnings from three different places. I'm only going oh, through through one service but, and number 2 is the National Weather Service isn't always right and perfect either. So No, so, they're not. But, right.
0: But look look at it with a bigger, at it a bigger great and picture. we love <laughs> so, them.
2: <go> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but look at it from a bigger picture and say okay the inconsistency is across where these people are getting their information from and if as Brady was talking about if they have different criteria for how they uh, deem severe thunderstorm is or what a you know whatever uh, is or 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 what what causes a tornado warning to happen. Um, if, if, if there's a difference in that, if I'm, if, you know, if I'm choosing to get my weather information from company A uh, and somebody else is choosing to get their weather information from a media outlet who uses company B, right, to, to give their warnings, now they're not in sync. They're not giving the same warning at the same time. And does that not potentially put some people in danger?
1: But people others. aren't doing that now. I mean, the, the, there are no, television stations that are, 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 are doing, some of them do their own warnings already. Some some say National Weather Service, but I'm also, uh, I'm, I've heard of other television stations that they they issue and will issue their own warnings and their own information. Um, sometimes even before the National Weather Service actually issues it. That's true. That's part of the problem in, in my eyes. I haven't seen that
0: happen yet. Uh, but if if that's happening, I think that is an issue, and it is a problem.
4: I, I think I think maybe, Brady, you guys are kind of like, you're nervous that if the winds are really 57 and we're like, you know what, Bob's Roofing is our sponsor, so we need to say, <laughs> you know, the winds are up to 70 miles an hour. Yes. By the way, this wind gust brought to you by Bob's Roofing. You but think- there <laughs> you go. <Exactly. laughs> I understand it. it's all about the media side. But think of it this way. This is what makes me nervous is, It's a little bit like if you're saying, oh, so, uh, you know, Tom went in for surgery and uh, we're going to not let the doctor finish the surgery. So we're going to have somebody else come in and do the stitches. Who would you like to have do your stitches (laughs) for you? You know, that's the part where I'm like, where the the bill says we're not letting the weather service go any farther than what they're doing. I, I don't care if they're slow to move. That's just government in general. But if, it's, if you're saying, no, you're not allowed to do anything anymore, that's the part where I'm like, why? What's the motivation? Why? Sure. What, what's broken that needs to be fixed to that extent?
1: Well, what's broken is what you brought up, and I, I think that's number one. Government agencies and the government in general tends to be a little slower in, in evolving and in innovating and things like that, and obviously the private sector, because of the competition involved, has to always be on the leading edge and doing a better job and better improvements and and all that kind of stuff. So I I think, number one, that's the issue. And and if your doctor scenario, if this doctor uses old rusty staples for suturing my wound, and I've got the option to get the latest technology in suturing my wound so it doesn't look like a big gash in my leg or whatever part of my body I'm suturing (laughs) my wound in... Then I want that, right? I'll, yeah. I'll pay. I'll pay for this guy to do a better job than than this old guy who doesn't change his ways. Well, okay, but are you having they like surgery in
4: Russia or what? You know,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just trying but to I use should. your analogy. That's all. Yeah, well, I okay. think Phil. I think um, competition
2: in in this case is could be good, but it also could be very, very negative because you know you're going to have companies that are, that are going to their criteria are going to be so low because they're trying to get their name out there. They're trying to get their name on television saying this warning right. issued by this company. And I think that could be that could be, you know, we could be going down a very dangerous road where now people aren't going to, you know, people already don't necessarily pay attention to warning. And people do, but at the same time people don't. You know, that's um why, you know, a lot of people don't trust meteorologists to some degree hey. with warnings and people are thinking, well oh, no, no, I'm thinking like well, the general public, you know, I, my mom tells me this all the time. She's like, there's all these false alarms and tornadoes. You know, why, why are there all these false alarms and tornado warnings? So I think. Oh, and put your underwear on. And put, yeah. yeah. When I was little, right. not now. That, now. that doesn't happen now. That doesn't happen now. <laughs> Great. We all went At commando all of a sudden. In the past year. No. But anyway, so yeah, I think, you know, competition in this industry, I think you, you know, in, in terms of warnings, I think you need to have more of consensus and not competition. Um, Right. Yeah. Across the board. I
4: I think let the weather service do what they're doing. And if somebody wants to pay money out of their pocket for what they think is a better service someplace else, God bless you. You know, yeah,
0: (laughs) I I, I agree. I agree. Totally. Maz that's that's absolutely pay to play if you want to, but you know, have some consistency from at least some one source where you know, it's going to be consistent um, and so on. And then, You know, the other thing I'll throw in there is I'm sure, uh, well, I'm conjecturing that (laughs) the motivation for the bill itself is we can get rid of a whole bunch of government employees if we privatize this. And we don't have to pay a whole lot of National Weather Service folk who are the ones who are doing the forecasts and manning the place. Right. Because if they're just collecting data, it certainly takes less people.
4: Well, but there's a lot of other departments I would get rid of way before the Weather Service. (laughs) Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, there's a big storm coming. Oh, we just decided to cut the power (laughs) in that building. No, you know,
2: and 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 you know, we um, the National Weather Service, these guys, you know, and I know you didn't uh weren't saying this either, Phil, but these guys, I mean, they know the you know, they they might be slow to change, but they're very experienced and they, you know, there's some smart guys over there. I've met some just brilliant, brilliant scientists who. You know they know about they know more about weather than I might ever know. Brady's so, supplying at the um, Weather Service. Yeah, well, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, and listen, I, uh, I, I,
1: don't, I don't argue that on a, absolutely. On a, yeah, on a person by person level, I, I don't argue that one bit. Um, there's lots of good people in this country and in this world that lose jobs every day, and it's not because they're not great at what they do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm talking more on a, the larger level, larger scale of, of a government agency where there's really no competition. It's a taxpayer dollar supported entity. Um, the ability to stay relevant, I guess. Yeah. And, and again, I, and again, I'm, I'm not saying that the national weather service isn't, but I'm, I'm arguing the other side of that, which is that privatizing is where that competition comes and is more innovative. and is more, you know, going forward faster and, and moving. And- all that kind of stuff. And, and there's definitely a benefit to that. So, you know, Maz saying, hey, if that's what you want, uh, more power to you, go pay for that. You know, that's fine. But still as a taxpayer, I'm still also paying for the service that maybe I, I don't want or don't need or maybe outdated or possibly what that's. I'm, I, that's just because that's the argument. Whenever it comes to less government, that's always the argument. I don't care what industry, what department, what it is. It's it's is government is money, taxpayer dollars, lots of money. As mass said, man, there's all kinds of things I would get rid of first before that. And I would agree, <laughs> but it's always money, right? It's just a money hound. It right, just takes... Right. Okay. It's, However, but it, if the
4: NSA is listening, that's not what I said. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> they are. But it's, it's, um, that,
1: that's
0: that. I mean, that's that classic situation. Like you say, with any government agency, any there's there's, you can repeat this all over the place. Mm-hmm. what, what people do too often is again that they're thinking about themselves, and I'm not saying Phil that you're doing that. I know you're arguing that side um, because that's the argument that you hear from that side. Um, but I mean, I can I can think about sure if I want to get my information from a different source and I need to pay for that and I want to do it, fine, I'll do that. But I can't forget about all those people who aren't going to do that or who can't.
2: Yeah, and, I think
0: and, and I need to think about them too.
2: I think too, it's key because, um, with any change, there's going to be a transitional period. There's going to be failures as well. And can, do we really, you know, can we really take a chance with failing at a warning system that, you know, thousands of thousands of people depend on to, you know, right. To be safe. But, but I do, Phil, I do see, I do see a lot of, you know, because I do agree with you, you know, there it's, there's slow to change and, there, you know, there mm-hmm. might be a better way to do it.
1: But I would say the and privatizing I think, I think that the hits com- that argument even more, Brady, is because if it's privatized and you have competition, they're less likely to fail because they, they don't they can't afford to. They can't afford to fail. Whereas as as a government agency, if we failed, we failed. You know, whatever the taxpayer dollars are still coming, we might catch some crap. And and it kind of goes along too with the, with uh, the, the tornado outbreak yesterday. You know, and again, it's not National Weather Service. There's all kinds of private companies that, again, looking at the the models, just didn't see that coming. Um, but you know, it's another example of when you only have one entity, you have the opportunity to fail a lot more often than when you have more entities involved. Didn't this so competition like friendly good. campfire? <laughs> friendly what? Campfire? Friendly campfire, sit around poker table. Poker yeah, table. I'm like what the hell
4: happened, happened, man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the
0: comp the competition's good. Bring it on, I, I I agree, but let's not get rid of something else that's there for a lot of people. Yeah. In doing that, go ahead and bring the competition. And let's bring up the other. You know what's already there. Let's bring it up uh, through the process of competition.
2: Yeah, bring bring it on. Like several, uh, several- seven done. Several dance movies, right? There's there's a dance movie named Bring It, Bring on, it, right?
1: it on. Yeah, it's yeah there you go. Cheerleader <laughs> flick, isn't it? Hey, know. you should
2: check it out. It's it's it gets just like High School Musical. You know, it's oh, just God. you gotta watch it. It's one of those all things right. you
1: just have you, to watch. All right, well, guys, we, I think we beat we beat that topic to death. Tell us what you guys think. Um, you know, comment on email. Send us an email at questions at stormfrontfreaks uh, we'll share share your responses and comments uh, on the next show. So we're going to take another break. When we come back, you're going to hear the team's nominations for our Weather Fools and weather resources. <music>
2: time for Weather Fools. Brady, what do we got? All right, guys, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the week. It's the Weather Fools where we talk about some silly things someone might have done in relating to the weather. You so mean
1: stupid things.
2: So, well, no, silly. We we were we're strictly PG show here, Phil. All right, maybe sometimes silly PG. Yeah, don't be silly. Uh, MJ, uh, do weather full for this week?
0: We got one. It's from station. Let's see, W O W in west virginia charleston west virginia coal country and, uh, the, you betcha and the on-air meteorologist in the middle of his forecast sees a ginormous apparently spider and lets out a wonderful scream and you absolutely <laughs> have to see it and hear it um and then he goes on to, to ex- explain the situation but um it's, it's pretty good uh, it's a classic example of uh of an on air you know on air incident, let's say. Uh he and uh so we will post that and, and you have to go take a peek at that.
4: Wait, it's MJ- a dude who screams?
0: Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> and it's a and it's a great scream.
2: <laughs> so yeah. do re- a <laughs> reenactment for us. Do a re- reenactment. Uh, I us. can't I
0: can't do it justice. All right, all right, all
2: right. <laughs> All right, uh, so I have uh, another weather fool for this week. So my, my weather fool is, is more weather fools um, to all of those beautiful people, I love you, on social media that decided to go to town this week and posting over 10-day spaghetti plots of uh, the hurricane, or not the hurricane, not yet. And see, that's what it, it's done to me. It's, it's made Invest me think it's already – it's ninety nine L. mine out. What the, <laughs> the hell does it that? even have a name? Unbelievable, unworthy of a name. No, just Category Five hitting New Orleans, hitting Florida, causing massive panic. Uh, so that, that's my weather fool this week. All those just brilliant people that all right. take it on
3: themselves.
1: Nice. We'll, we'll we'll make sure we post all that stuff on our site, stormfrontfreaks.com. dot um, Maz, what do we got for weather resources?
4: Hey, weather resources. Uh, first of all, we're going to go to MJ, also known as I Love the Weather Service MJ. Um, so I'm gonna hear it.
0: <laughs> that that's right. I'm going to do a shout out to the national weather service this time. I know we talked about whether or not they, uh, how fast they can change and what they can do, but they're, they, they're mobile, their mobile site. Um, and, and they don't do it as an app. They do it as a mobile website, but, um, it, uh, it's, it's actually very simple, but very good. Their, their mobile weather site, you can have a whole list of sites or of uh, locations that you want to follow. And if you're just an average Joe person who wants to see what the weather and the forecast is going to be like, um, I like it because it's A, simple, and it's very easy. Everything's there, your current conditions, your detailed forecast, your radar, your satellite. It's all one essentially one click away. Um, and if you... Save the, you know, the shortcut to your uh, Android or, or iOS uh, screen. It works. essentially works just like an app, and and what's best is a it's absolutely free, and b there is no advertising, not a single ad on it, and you got to love that. So, so I'll give a so shout out to so them the for the guy
1: who set up our website with some Google ads. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, please go to stormfrontfreaks.com and give us a little love. Baby. We'll get a penny. Wait, Show wait. you so we... a penny every 10 times you visit our site. Oh, That's wait. right.
4: MJ, after all that, where is it again? What is it?
1: mobile.weather.gov.
0: Mobile.weather.gov.
4: Okay, good. <laughs> I, I got that now.
1: All right. So, you got something for us? I do have something. <laughs> Uh, This is also a website. It's called forecastadvisor.com forecastadvisor.com. And basically what this, the website allows you to do is you enter your zip code and it's going to tell you uh, which weather sources or apps have had the most accurate forecast for your area. Uh, Hmm. So it's kind of an, it shows you a list of various uh, weather websites or apps and it t- tells you the accuracy of their forecast for your area, like over the last year or the last month. So it kind of gives you an idea of what, what weather resource are you using, as we talked about privatizing that a little bit. Um, and are you using one that in your area tends to have pretty high accuracy oh, yeah. or pretty low accuracy? I'm so on it now. Check it
4: out. That's kind of cool. You hmm. go. It doesn't have. Uh, local tv stations and stuff on there though does
1: it no it does not it's more okay. national national uh gotcha national ops options that's cool so yeah so we'll post uh we'll post that on stormfrontfreaks.com as well uh and then uh mj do we got any listener comments this this week
0: uh, we do we got one twitter shout out to uh mike piatak uh, jimenez who, uh, on twitter uh, gave us a little uh, love and said enjoyed your last podcast on photography topics picked up a few good tips so thank Ooh. you mike for that
4: Thanks, i'm guessing mike. he's a photographer right
1: must I, be. I, I, I bet all right
3: we like yeah. mike
1: we like mike baby love you mike <laughs> times i dream that he is me
3: it's you ready? got to see oh. that's how
1: I dream to be. But boom boom. Wait, we need a more belly dancers I that want to twitter. Nineteen like sixties like like or something? I could be like Mike. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so Michael Jordan's, I think. Let's try and keep it two thousands here. Brady, do you All know right. who Michael Jordan is? Yeah, really.
2: <laughs> you heard Wait, you mean that? the second greatest basketball player ever? Oh uh, behind. Um, who behind else who but that? LBJ, baby? Let's go LeBron. Oh, wait, How hold many on, rings, LeBron? I hope you're listening. Linden, to this. How many Johnson? rings does he
1: have? How many rings does does LeBron have? I forget. Uh, I, Can wear them I, on I one hand? Count.
2: I've lost because I, I know MJ. I he can't even
1: so wear them all on one hand. So <laughs> just throw that out there. All right, That's Another topic. So that that does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, we definitely we we all thank you for listening. And as we always say, if you like the show, tell a friend. And give us a review on iTunes or Google Play, please. I'm actually going to beg you a little bit. I won't always do that. But right now I'm just going to say, hey, please give us a review. Go to iTunes or Google Play, wherever you listen to us, and and leave a review because that just helps other people to find us. Uh, And if you didn't like it, then tell us. Don't tell a friend, but tell us. But you can leave a review anyways, even if you thought it sucked. That's all right, too. Just just, uh, let us know. And we always want to answer your questions or discuss your comments. As we mentioned before, send it to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Special special thanks to our (laughs) guest. Insert name here. Uh, But uh, Dominic, uh, uh, definitely appreciate you coming on uh, from Metloop. And so for MJ, Brady, and Maz, I'm going to signal the all clear, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly
0: show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices, zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.